0: Hey, this is Pastor Chris Jane, and I want to thank you for listening to the Hope Church Sermon of the Week. For more information, check out our website brhope.church. I hope this message is a blessing to you. Enjoy. Amen. Okay, so, uh, as you guys know, we have been doing a verse-by-verse look at the gospel according to Mark, right? for uh, like a year now, <laughs> what I thought would be maybe a 12-week series has turned into uh well over a year and really we're we're only here's here's uh, some hands up sort of I see people waving type of thing um and we're only uh halfway through really not even quite halfway but um I really felt like we're gonna just push pause on Mark for this, for the month of December. You know, it's, uh, you guys know that Mark is, as a gospel, is like an action movie, Do you know what I mean? It's right. one, and one scene to the next, just very rapid, because it was written to be told, right? It was, a, it was written to be, to an oral culture It was written to be told, so it's like an action movie. I feel like we're just pushing pause on the movie, but it will be to be continued. Right, but I want to take the month of December uh, and do a a deep dive into joy.
1: How how does that
0: sound? Uh, Traditionally, December is sort of known uh, for some people as the worst month of the year. Uh, People suffer with depression, and um, you know people are going through some things. uh, Feelings get stirred up at, at at the Christmas time in December, and and um, so people have always sort of associated December with, you know, with with that stuff. I want to talk about joy instead, and how we can be joyful in every season. Does that sound okay? That's That's awesome. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to notify my face about my joy. Amen. <laughs> I'm feeling very low energy. You guys are gonna have to help yeah. me this morning, all right? Because I'm preaching to myself here. It's a choice this morning. That's right. We make a choice to rejoice. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will I rejoice. I make a choice to rejoice every day. Isn't it interesting that when the angels came and announced the Messiah, what did they say? They said, first they said, don't be afraid. Yeah, don't be afraid. We've got good news. We've got such good news that it's going to bring joy to the whole world earth. Amen? Amen? Amen. And isn't it interesting that that's how Mark started his gospel? Mark chapter 1, verse 1. This is the, uh, this is the gospel, uh, the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It's good news. It's, good news. it's such good news that, it's, that it brings joy to the whole earth, and not just any joy, not just any old joy, His joy. Amen? Amen. So we're going to look at what, what does that even mean? What does joy mean? In the first place we're going to go to John 15, 11. If you've got your Bibles, I'll flip around a little bit, but if you don't, we'll put it up on the screen for you. Jesus is speaking. He says, I to- I've told you these things so you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow or you'll be full of joy. So what does God's joy look like? I've been thinking about that a lot this week. Um, I pulled up. I should have. I should have played some video clips for you today. I totally, I'm just realizing it now that this would have been a great opportunity to show you some, some, some old clips. But one that I thought of was when the, um, when the Beatles invaded. Now, I don't remember this, okay? It's way back, but some of you probably do remember the British invasion and the Beatles' landing. I'm talking about the, the band, not war. But uh, the, the, the Beatles, you know the Beatles. We were just singing about holding your hand earlier today. Um, when they landed, people were hysterical. I say people, it was girls. <laughs> remember, you've seen the footage, right? You remember, uh, you know, kind of how that went and they played Ed Sullivan and they couldn't even be heard um, because these girls were just shrieking and screaming. Is that joy? I don't know. What about, uh, you know, when somebody gets called Come on down on the Price is Right, and they, you know, and they high five everybody, and they got to work their way out of, out of the row. <laughs> so, so they can do that. So they can do that run down to the, uh, you know, to Bob Barker, or whoever it is. You know. Yeah, or or when they uh, uh, on these HGTV shows, you know, move that bus, and they ah, oh, or here's your new kitchen, and they're just. <laughs> I mean so that's human joy you know but we're talking about it's God's joy so if, if human joy is that what must God's joy be like oh, yeah. I mean it's supernatural it's not a small thing it's not uh, it's not uh, you know fleeting like, like like some of these things it, it's you know God's joy is, is so much bigger than that and I know one thing it's not happiness Joy and happiness are not the same thing, because happiness is based on happenings, okay? What happens around us affects our level of happiness at any given moment. When good things happen, I'm I'm happy. And sometimes things happen that should never happen. And it's hard to be joyful sometimes. It's hard to be happy, but my happiness isn't based on those things. My, My joy isn't based on those things even though my happiness is. So it's like, am I am I happily married? Sometimes.
1: If I'm being honest,
0: sometimes I'm, I'm happy in my marriage, and sometimes I'm happily employed. Sometimes I'm happy at my job, and other times, not so much. And I think if we were honest, we would all say that. But do I have a joyful marriage? Yes. Always, always joyful to have to have my marriage, to have my family, to have my job, whatever it might be, because that's a choice that I made beforehand. We don't say in our wedding vows, although I did hear this once, as long as we're happy with each other. (laughs) This marriage is not gonna last. (laughs) You could be the best of friends. We choose to love our spouse, don't we? We choose that every day. Just That's like right. when we get up and decide to rejoice, we choose to love our spouse, to be faithful to our spouse, to um, you know, to to make it make it work, even when when things are not perfect, right. when terrible things happen, when when you're up against you know awful things. So joy and happiness are not the same thing. Galatians five tells us that joy is a fruit of the spirit, right? That means that joy is a sign of spiritual maturity, right? That's, that means that the Holy Spirit is working relentlessly in you to produce joy, and, and not just any joy, but his joy, supernatural joy, not like what everyone else is experiencing. My number one uh, goal for 2019 is to have a peaceful heart. How many of you could use a little peace? Peace. Joy and peace are always linked together, aren't they? And man, it feels like this has been a year of anxiety, of stress, of conflict. And again, I'm preaching to myself here. This is what my year has felt like. I like to think I'm fairly level as a person, Uh, just in context of what I see around me. Uh, I think I I managed to hold a fair line of uh, just a level you know personality that doesn't mean I'm like I don't get angry or I don't get sad or that I'm not exuberant sometimes or, or whatever it might be but I think I, I'm, a, I'm pretty stoic but this year I've carried a lot of weight of a lot of anxiety and some of it was for you some of it is for business some of it is for my own um, my own shortcomings, my own iniquities, and you know struggles. Mm-hmm. This isn't on my notes. I'm just talking to you. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. I'm just telling you what's what's going on. All right? Can yeah. I do that? Yeah. Is that all That's right? Um, yeah. It's uh, always linked together that peace and that joy. Proverbs fourteen thirty says it. It says that if you have a peaceful heart, it leads to a healthy body. What's a peaceful heart? A peaceful heart is fearless. A peaceful heart is calm. A peaceful heart is hope-filled. It's joyful. I just pray that you would have a joy-filled life. Amen. I pray that you would have, and that we would all learn how to have joy-filled moments And that we could learn how to have joy filled days so that we could have joy filled weeks and months and have a joy filled life does that sound good so let's see what God's Word has to say about joy so John 15 10 says if you keep my commands you will live in my love just as I've kept my father's commands for I continually live nourished and empowered by his love The reason I'm telling you these things is so that the joy I that I experience will fill your heart, not just full, but overflowing. Peace, love, and joy. John, in in the chapter before, he says in 1427, he says, I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace, not not like the world gives. My peace and my love I give to you. And if you obey my commands, my joy I give to you. Who could use a dose of God's peace, God's love, and God's joy? Amen. Not just today, but in, you know, as we end this year and go into next year, let's make that our goal. Huh? Amen. God is so good and so gracious. We're saved by faith and, and His grace don't think that there's just some giant list of commands some giant list of rules that's not what he's talking about right right here actually if you read this in context he has one command that you love each other who can handle that think about it first (laughs) that's been a goal of mine for a long time something i've struggled with to love each other, to love people. I don't struggle to love my wife. I, I, it's easy to love my wife.
1: Because
0: love and happiness and joy are not the same things. But it's easy to love my wife. It's easy to love my kids. It's not easy to love other drivers.
1: <laughs>
0: it's not easy to love the people in line ahead of me. It's not easy to love People I'm forced to be around in a, you know, in a workplace, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But he says, here is my command, love one another. And if you do, and how, how do you, what kind of love are we talking about? He says, the same way that I love you, that, that God loved his son. If we will love each other, then this is ours, joy is Overflowing, and not just joy, not just peace like the world gives, not love like the world gives, not joy like the world gives. His peace, his love, and his joy. It's not about your salvation. It's about the level of joy that you can walk in, that you choose to walk in. And so, so our level of joy is linked. I want you to get this. It's linked to the amount of obedience that you and I choose to walk in. The kingdom of God is all about a life of joy. Romans 14, 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Do we have that one, Jeremiah? I know we have more than just that. There we go. And so if you read that one in context, it's, we well, you've got all of these people that are arguing and fighting and complaining about what other people are doing. That other people are eating things, drinking things that, that they're not. So it, it shouldn't be okay for them. If it's not okay for me, right? It's all this. And Jesus is like, stop. The kingdom isn't even about that. It's not about any of that. It's not about what you eat, what you drink. Remember, we, we read that in Mark. That what goes into a person it doesn't defile them it goes into their stomach and then and it passes through it's what comes out of a person right yeah. the kingdom is about a life of goodness the kingdom is about a life of peace the kingdom is about a life of joy in the holy spirit that's kingdom life and so we need to learn how to be an unoffendable people that's a good word. that's right
1: <sighs> help me Lord. I've got to learn how to be an unoffendable person.
0: I think I better put that on the list for 2019. (sighs) Instead of complaining about what other people are doing, letting what they're doing affect my joy, I just got to look in the mirror. That's the only, that's the only person I got to I got to worry worry about but we live in this world now where have you guys heard the term microaggressions this is a real thing now where people can be offended with you without you even knowing it or without you even um, in tr- meaning to offend them you know there's literally nothing is off the table everything can offend anybody you know at any time that's the world around us but that is not the kingdom It's about a life of you pursuing and living in God's goodness, God's peace and his joy. That's the kingdom. Paul said this, our hearts ache, but we always have joy. Now, lest you tune me out, I'm not making light of your pain because it's real. The things you've gone through, the things you might be going through today are real. And I'm not taking that away. And I'm not making light of that. There's a time for mourning. Right? right? And we mourn with those who mourn. We don't pretend uh, that those aren't real feelings. But we also know that joy comes in the mourning. That there's an expiration date on your grief, on your mourning. It's cool. Let's go back to, to this uh, it's 2 Corinthians 6, because I want you to get a full picture of Paul's heartache. All right, so 2 Corinthians 6, and he starts in verse 4. He says, we have great endurance and hardships and in persecutions. We don't lose courage in a time of stress and calamity. We've been beaten many times, imprisoned, and found ourselves in the midst of riots, We've endured many troubles, had sleepless nights and gone hungry. Then he jumped down to verse 9. He says, "We're, we're frequently at death's door, but we're still alive. We've been severely beaten, but not executed. We may have heartache, yet in every season we always have joy. How can that be? Because it's not our joy, it's his joy not based on the happenings around us. Paul said this while he was in prison. And when you read this, he actually says the joy is a command. He says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. So it's actually a command of scripture that we be full of his joy. And he said this as a while he was in prison. You know, he went to preach, and he ended up in prison. His preaching assignment turned into a prison cell, and now what's he doing? He's writing thank you letters. And, he's, and in this, he's writing a thank you letter um, called the Book of Philippians. And in that book, he says in, in chapter 4, verse 6, he says, don't worry about anything. And remember, he's in jail. But he says, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Um, you know, thank God for what He's already done. Uh, not for what you don't have. Thank Him for what He's already done. And He says, then God's peace will settle down over your heart. Yes, Boy, I need that today. Just don't worry about Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Thank Him for what for what is good. You know, I I I've heard it said that. We have a few problems and a million blessings. No, that's,
1: good. Amen. That's, good.
0: that's perspective. Mm-hmm. How many of you have ever tried that little exercise where you just start thanking him for your blessings? It gets out of hand quick, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Now, how many of you have done that? Like, tried to, like just run down a list, you know, God, thank you for my wife and for my family and for this... Usually I'm in the car. This vehicle I, that I have to drive and my house and my dogs and thank you for this and that. And that. Before you know it, I mean, you, you're you just tired of thanking them. I mean, it, 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 it's exhausting when you start listing your blessings. Really puts those few little problems in perspective. And again, not, not saying that that's not real too and that there isn't hard times and that things sometimes happen that should never happen. But um, we are a blessed people and if we will... If we'll thank him for what he's already done, then that peace will come and settle down over your life. Even in the midst of those hard times. Because again, he's writing this in prison. And it's not a nice, clean prison like we have in America today. You know, this was a hole, a dungeon. Hmm. And he doesn't stop there. He, he goes on to say, and also think about these things. So we're going to explore what type of things we think about and how important that is. So I, I just I invite you to, to join me as we take this journey through the month of December. Let's come out every week and explore what God's word has to say about joy and how I can set myself up so that this coming year I can walk in a whole new level of joy.
1: Does
0: that sound good? That I'll walk in such a new level of joy that it will have an impact on the people that I meet the people that I that I come into contact with so again don't tune me out and think that I'm saying that everything's always going to be great for you all right things happen and, and that affects your happiness but doesn't have to affect your joy Amen. all right Amen. I um, I think the number one key to you having joy in every season is to think joyful thoughts I know that sounds stupid, right? It doesn't even sound spiritual. But Paul said while he was sitting in a prison cell, don't worry about anything, pray about everything, thank God, and God's peace will settle down over your life. Then he goes on in Philippians four and he says, now one final thing, fix your thoughts. Your thoughts have a lot to do with the level of joy and peace that you walk in. We choose when we wake up in the morning, say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It's not just any day. It's his day. Why will I rejoice? Because he made it. But I choose that. I'm going to think that way. A healthy body doesn't just happen, right? I mean, does this make sense? I can't just eat Twinkies, Oreos, cookies, ice cream, and expect to have a healthy body. Cups full of donuts every, every single week. Just lay around. I, 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 I don't have any right to expect or think that a healthy body will result from that type of behavior. And it's the same way with, with healthy thoughts. They don't just happen. You've got to make a choice. You've got to be intentional about the things that you let in to your to your mind when you think joy-filled thoughts you're writing the future headlines of your life
1: it's good.
0: I was supposed to show a house this week and I got warned beforehand I knew it was gonna be rough but they the agent warned me and said it's full of fleas I said in December what are fleas doing alive in December? I didn't know enough about fleas, I guess. And so I did what any of us would do, I Googled it. You know, I Googled fleas. And it turns out fleas are almost undetectable, blood-sucking little critters. And all they wanna do is reproduce and suck blood. And even though you can barely see them, they can, they can suck your life away. Your li- the life is in the blood. That's what the Bible tells us. They can steal your life. They can, you know, even though they're, they're so small, hardly detectable. And it's the same way with these joy-sucking thoughts. We have so many thoughts that some of them are almost undetectable. But they matter. Don't allow any of those, those thoughts to, to steal your joy. I read that we have 50,000 thoughts a day. If you're gonna have that many, why not get intentional, intentional about what type of thoughts that they are? every thought matters neuroscientists they can now demonstrate that every thought you have actually affects your entire body Um, It's said that it every thought you have sends an electrical chemical signal throughout your brain that affects that can have an, an effect on every cell in your body thoughts can affect your sleep your digestive system your heart rate your pulse um, your bones. every thought matters. So eventually, even your most top-secret thought will be revealed because the things you think are, are going to affect you. They're going to... That stuff that's on the inside will make its way to the outside. It will be revealed. Those things we dwell on, those things we think about, they will they will have out. You know what I mean? They, like... You know what I'm saying. That makes sense, right? So we've got to be more intentional about joy-producing thoughts instead of joy-reducing thoughts. Tommy Newberry has has a book called The 4-8 Principle, and he says that it should be our goal to have more 4-8 moments. Do you guys remember the old commercials? Like, I should have had a V8, right? And it's going back a ways, too. We say, no, 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 what you really want is to have a 4-8 moment. Philippians 4-8, it's that verse I was talking about earlier. He says, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, and what does he mean, one final thing? One final thing as it relates to what life is like when it's lacking peace. What? One final thing as it relates to what life is like when it's filled with difficulties and, and when it's lacking joy. One final thing first Don't be anxious about anything. Pray about everything. Thank God for what he's already done. We said that, and then God's peace will settle down over you. But one final thing, fix your thoughts on whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is worthy of praise, think about such things. Rob wrote a song about that years ago. And it ended with, and I always think about it, Philippians 4, eight. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's right. The key to a joy-filled life is joy-filled thoughts. If we don't get intentional, it's, it's so easy to, get, to just jump to the worst-case scenario, isn't it? I'm, I'm guilty of that. You know, if you don't, get intentional about thinking about what's good and what's best, it's easy to think about what's worst. Yeah. Think about what could happen that's, that's bad that'll, you know, that'll make me unhappy. But instead, what's the best case scenario? What's, what's the good that can happen? If you get a bad report from the, from the doctor, you don't deny it, but instead of going to the worst, why not say, hey, Psalms 32 says, I cried out to the Lord and he restored health in my body. So what are your joy-producing thoughts? Jeremiah, will you show mine? I was just thinking about, you know, what are some of the things that make me happy? What makes me joyful? And these are just some of them. I mean, my dog, Lucy, up in the top left. Um, all I have to do is think about her, and, and she, uh, I mean, that makes me happy. Not that Penny isn't a good dog. <laughs> Penny is literally, like, the red-headed stepchild at our house now. Nobody cares about Penny. Oh, we love Penny. You know why? She's very beautiful and very lovely, but she's all black, completely black. So she doesn't photograph very well. Where is this one? I mean, come on. Look at that face. We're gonna first And, you know, my kids, my, my wife, my family, my motorcycle. Um... Little Noble, and then that's our newest addition. I haven't, I haven't told anybody else yet, but that in the bottom right, that's Max. He'll be joining our family this uh, this next week. He's a Christmas gift to all of us. He is a French Bulldog. So now we really are the home of the Bulldogs. <clears throat> that- yeah, I didn't really, yeah. yeah. That's Siobhan's, she, she really thought that was funny, that we're gonna be the home of the Bulldogs. I'm like, yeah, all right, <laughs> I'll try it once or twice, but it didn't seem to go over very well. <laughs> didn't, didn't really land. But uh, what, are, uh, what are some of your joy-producing thoughts? I think we're a small enough crowd, and we actually have a, a few minutes, what I'd like you to do is just share one of your joy-producing thoughts, pass the mic around, because your, joy, your joyful thoughts could cause joy in somebody else, could remind someone else in the room, someone else who's watching online, of what things they have to be joyful about. Is that okay? You don't have to, but, you know, Wayne, why don't you kick us off? Well, fairly carnal, but uh, I'm a motorcycle fan, too, so I think. One of the things that make me happy
1: is a bright, sunny, warm day and I can be more sunny, right? Amen. Thank you. Who <laughs> cares? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> my horses. My horses. I <laughs> like <laughs> um, I like to do things for people, so my husband is <clears throat> awesome and so gracious. It's going to make him joyful. I like the fact that I can bless
0: Doing things, it's always, it's, it's kind of one of those secrets that we all sort of know, but we don't think about it enough, is, is that if, if you want to feel a little bit better, <coughs> there's something nice for someone else who wouldn't ask for it. Right? and Chris. i about better Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I my grandkids
0: and my children, but your grandkids will do it all we find
1: out.
0: <laughs> Jerry, you don't have to say in the mic, tell me one thing that makes you joyful. We want my grandkids
1: and the many blessings that God has given us. Yeah. Amen. Thank yes. you.
0: Know, cool. uh, family, and uh, that includes the dogs. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you can clap for that. Thank you. See how that works? I do feel better now, hearing it from your mouth. You said the same thing I said, but when you said it, it made me even that much happier. You know, and a lot of us had similar things that make us happy—family and friends and our pets—and you know, just simple things, joy-producing thoughts. We should just do that for this month we should just do hashtag joy producing thoughts no one else is going to use that so anything we put up it'll just be our stuff yeah. so if you think of something this way you put it on instagram you put it on facebook or on, on twitter just do hashtag joy producing thoughts and uh maybe it'll bless somebody else if you don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> ask ask a young person if you don't have any of that stuff, Wayne, uh, just text me. Just text it to me and I will. No, nope, let's back up. I guess you'll have to write me a letter.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hopefully it gets here by Christmas. All right, so I want to give you guys some practical tips. I think I've got four practical tips that I, I hope will help you to, uh, to be intentional about having joy-filled thoughts so that eventually you will have joy-filled days and joy-filled weeks and months and a joy-filled year that could be 2019 for all of us a joy-filled year tip number one is i know this is going to sound redundant but it's on purpose choose your thoughts okay that's tip number one be intentional because what you give attention to expands your experience the more we focus on something the bigger it gets that makes sense so Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all, guard your heart. And Proverbs 23.7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so he will be. So take personal responsibility this this week, this month, this year, about what you're thinking about, okay? Number two, stop reacting to negativity. I had to have a long talk with with my son last night about this exact thing of like, you know when a one dog barks, yeah. other dogs bark. They don't even know. Just at home, so Penny is is definitely more of the watchdog. If anybody's alert, it's going to be Penny. So she'll hear a noise, she barks. The fat one has no idea. <laughs> she's sleeping on the couch, snoring, but she immediately will Ruh, rah, 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 rah. no idea what she's barking about. She's just responding to that other to that other bark, and we can't. Live that way. <laughs> <laughs> we got. <laughs> I mean, you and I can't live that way. We we cannot. Somebody else barks doesn't mean that we have to. Nobody can steal your joy. You can only give it away.
1: Especially if you're the fat one.
0: Everybody has an opinion. Today, you just can't escape it. Wayne has found a way. But the rest of us, if you're plugged in, if you're connected, you see it. That not only does everyone have an opinion, they love to share it. That's all social media is, is people just sharing what they think about things. And most of it is whining, it's complaining, it's barking. We don't have to respond. I decide. How I respond to the world around me. We have a few problems in life and a million blessings. Let's, let's remember that. There's no such thing as a neutral thought. Every thought you have is either building you up or tearing you down. So when you choose not to respond to those thoughts of negativity of the people around you, you're starving the negativity monster in your own life. Mm -hmm. I really, I just want this to sink in this morning. Okay, we decide how we're going to respond. Let's stop reacting to other people's negativity. Amen? Number three, start every day with God. We know this, that in His presence... There is fullness of joy. So when we gather together on a Sunday morning, I love it because we gather together in his presence and in his presence, there's fullness of joy. If you come to our prayer meetings on Wednesday nights, if you join a small group and you fellowship together, that's all good stuff, really, really good stuff. But there is something so powerful about starting your day with God. Sometimes I'm not a morning person, Listen, end your day with God, but the middle of your day. David, three times a day, morning, noon, and night, he had a, he had a secret place, history with the Lord, a, a, a process, what do you call something you do every day? A habit, a, a routine. He had a secret place routine, right? But there's something special about giving God your first, we know that, right? The first fruits of our labor, the first fruits of, of our day. Let's give that to him. Most people would probably agree that in the morning is when you can be the most productive, your, your clearest. Start every day by getting into God's presence. And what is, so what does that look like? Just talk to him,
1: yeah.
0: okay? T-A-L-K, all right? Thank him for everything that he's done. Ask him to help you with the day. Listen, and in listening, you'll know him. All right, T-A-L-K, thank him, ask, listen, And and in that experience, we get to know him, the living God, the creator of all things. It's an amazing, amazing opportunity that most of us sleep through. Or ignore or don't do it all
1: mm-hmm.
0: don't miss out on one of the greatest benefits of this kingdom of this kingdom life that we have mm-hmm. just try it and you'll be hooked it's like potato chips or something lays. you can't just have one mm-hmm. so start off small start with five minutes and you'll find that ten minutes is, is better and then you'll find that 15 minutes a half hour will grow to where oh, I just want to be with you all day mm-hmm.
1: This is my prayer
0: for for my life and for yours. Not like a weirdo. Not like where you're just Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus. I'm not not ceasing Jesus, 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 Jesus. You know, but when you really love someone, you think about them all the time. It's effortless. I mean, sure, something happens, you know, there's a flat tire on the car and you got to fix that but then eventually your mind drifts right back to that person that you love. Start every day with God and experience the fullness of joy that comes from being in his presence. Philippians 4.4, I read it before. Always be full of joy, it's a command. How? In the Lord. It's his joy. You guys know the story of Daniel. Daniel in the lion's den. You remember that story? Daniel as a young child was um, taken from his home um, His parents were most likely killed and he was a slave of Babylon so he was taken to a, a, a Land where he didn't know the language or any of the customs uh, the foods everything was different everything That David was used to everything that was normal was torn away from him and yet, three times a day, we know this, he would, he would spend time with the Lord. That was, his, that was his routine. That was his lifestyle. Even in Babylon captivity. And the Bible tells us he was 10 times better than those other guys. In fact, he kept getting promoted over and over and over again. Why? Because he, he, had, this, he had this relationship with the living God where he would three times a day No matter what, he would spend time with with God. Three times a day, Lord, I thank you. Three times a day, Lord, I'm asking for your help. Three times a day, I'm listening to you, Lord. Three times a day, knowing the maker of heaven and earth. It was so important to him that when they told him, if you pray, you're going to be thrown in the den of lions. He couldn't even fathom spending a day apart from God. So he just did what he knew to do, right? So I'm encouraging you. Every successful person has things that they repeatedly do. I want you to be successful in the kingdom. So I'm encouraging you. Talk to God every day. And step four, very practically, write goals write down some goals we all know this that vision is a picture of where you are today and where you want to be in the future that's a vision for your life goals are those little steps that get you from where you are to where you want to be does that make sense so if you have goals that get your mind thinking about not just where you're at you start to think about what could be so important. So coming to the end of 2018, you want to be thinking about this stuff. What are what are your goals for 2019? Where do you want to be this time next year? You know, what are your goals with your relationship with God? What are your professional goals? Um, you know, in your career. Uh, what are your goals in in your church, in your family? What do you want these areas to look like? that's what I want you to be thinking about what do I want these areas to look like in my life this time next year what's the big picture because you're never gonna rise above your vision it's impossible that's the big picture that's the st- then beyond that what are the goals what are the steps I need to take to get from here to there most people don't write down goals they just don't most people don't even have goals they just drift along through life and trust me friend you don't want to drift through life there is too much destiny too much good marked on your life to just drift through it God has you here for a specific reason and purpose I believe that you don't need to be drifting through it instead be intentional about where you're going and and part of that keeping your eyes on the big picture is just practically writing down goals So what are the goals you have for your relationship with God, your family? You know, what is it you want to look different a year from now? What are your goals to get you there? It's true that you become what you behold. Okay. You become what you behold. So you want to behold not where you are, where you're heading. I want you to have your head up looking forward at that potential, that possibility, that future, that vision that you, that you have for your life, not settling not head down, eyes cast to the ground, settling for what you see around you now. That's, that's what the world's doing. That's what everyone around you is doing. But I want something better for you. I want your head up. I want you looking, looking on the one who has the solution to everything. I don't want you staring at your problems. I want you staring at the answer, and he's oh, yeah. in the room right now. So how is it that you can learn to have some joy filled moments that can turn into a joy filled day and a joy filled life. Remember it's, it's God's desire for you that he fills you with his joy. That's your natural uh, disposition would be joy. So it would be out of the ordinary if you didn't have joy. So how can that happen? Uh, joy filled thoughts, uh, moments, uh, a joy filled season. One, choose your thoughts. Two, Stop reacting to negativity. Three, start every day with God. And four, write down some
1: goals.
0: (laughs) I was thinking this week about, um, I think it was earlier this year or last year, Noble was spinning, you know how he spins around, and um, he knocked into me and spilled whatever it was, spilled something on me. And his mom said, you need to say you're sorry to your dad, and so Noble, you know, he's like, he was like five years old, or whatever, he comes over to me, and he says, Dad, you need to be more careful around me. <laughs> I said, oh, thank you, Noble, I'll, I'll, work, I'll work on that. I'll work on being more careful around you. Because obviously, it's your world, we're just living in it, you know.
1: Oh.
0: My my heart's desire for you, friend, is that you would be so full of joy that people would have to be careful about being around you. Because you're going to leak joy. You're going to spill happiness and you're going to spill hope. Just by being around you because you're so full of the kingdom, you're so full of kingdom joy, it's going to have an impact on the people around you. It's going to brighten the day of people around you. It's going to point someone toward Jesus, the source of joy. Let's pray. Okay, that's going to do it for this week. I really hope that this message was a blessing to you. If it was, why not subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. It really does help. Thanks and have a blessed week.